0: On Power Talk AM 1460 and FM 101.1, streaming worldwide on iHeartRadio. Jan Price talks to the movers and shakers in the film business. The Jan Price Show.
1: You're listening to The Jan Price Show, and today my guests are Academy Award-winning sound editors, Eric Adol and Ethan Van Der Rijn. Welcome to the show.
0: Thanks so much. It's great to be here.
1: It's great to have you both here. You've had such an illustrious, both of you, because you've worked together on a lot of things, but you've had such an illustrious illustrious career so far. So I'm really excited to talk about your careers. But we're here to talk a little bit about A Quiet Place. That had to be an interesting movie to try to do sound editing on since it was about being quiet. That's right. (laughs) So, tell me, listen, you want to get into a little bit about, because the sound, obviously, is very significant in this movie, Uh talk a little bit about what, how you got attracted to this, and how you worked on it, and what you know, how you brought about uh, the sound editing that you did, because it's very likely you could be nominated for an Oscar again this year for this movie, so we're rather excited about that. Eric, yeah, do you want to well, go yeah, first?
2: Uh, no. Eric, you want to go first? And then, then first. Ethan? Yeah, yeah go ahead, Eric. You. And uh, just to correct one thing, I have not, I, Ethan has, but I have not won an Academy <laughs> Award. Um, I've been uh, nominated a couple of times, um, but But, yeah, as as far as A Quiet Place, um, you know, it all started last year when uh, Ethan and I got a phone call from Andrew Form, um, one of the producers, with Brad Fuller, and he told us over the phone, I have a script that you guys need to read, and I know you hear this all the time, but this movie is all about sound. And we're like, yeah, we do hear that all the time, (laughs) and and people are trying to get us to do their movies, Um, but when we read the scripts, um, we realized he was 100% right. This, you know, quiet place is all about sound. Sound is baked into the DNA of the story. Um, and shortly after we met with John Krasinski, and this is before he had hired a picture editor, before he had hired um, a music composer, and he was meeting with us, and before we could say anything, he said, this is a sound designer's dream. <laughs> and so it, it was um, pretty incredible to be on board with this project that everybody um, was Uh, was on the same page about how important sound would be.
1: Ethan, do you have anything to add to that?
0: Yeah. um, You know, uh, uh, Eric and I have worked on a lot of different films through our careers, and I don't think we've ever worked on a film where sound is really sort of featured almost as a central character in the film. And so the opportunity to really uh, explore all these these sort of areas of detail uh, in sound and, you know, shades of, of... different shades of quiet and idea of stripping away sound, which in some ways becomes more important than adding sound, um, especially in this film. But, But in fact, this is an idea we've been playing with, you know, on many different films. And so to have an opportunity to sort of explore some of these ideas that we've been playing with for years, but explore them to their maximum potential and in a way that would really sort of drive the narrative forward was... Was just super exciting to both of us.
1: Well, it really comes through in this movie. I typically don't like this these kinds of movies. I don't like horror films, but I had heard so much about this that um, I had to go see it. And when I did, I was like, I, I absolutely loved it. I mean, I just loved it. I mean, it made me cry, and you know, it, just, it, was, it was very emotional, and intense, and, uh, and I just adored this movie. I was much too. To my surprise, I must say, uh, and sound yeah. was sound was so integral to it. So, how did you make the decisions that you made uh, during the movie to create the sound design that you that was so explosive in this film?
0: Well, you know, it's interesting that you say um, what, what you say about this movie, because I, I come from a similar place in that, you know, in my own viewing, I'm, I don't particularly enjoy uh, horror films. It's not something that I gravitate towards. Um, but this film you know the first cut we saw of it and, and actually the the script it was pretty clear in the script it's really so much more than a typical horror film to me what what really rose to the surface was that it's you know it's a family love story mm-hmm. you know it's a story about this this family um going to extraordinary lengths to survive in this in this um, you know crazy world that's come about through this alien invasion and so it's it's so incredibly intimate you know it's really about the the connections that these characters have to each other and that the and and about the love that they have for each other so you know right away when we started working on the sound design for the movie i think our work was really geared towards reinforcing that part of the story um, to, to make us feel the intimacy that these characters have with each other. And also, we realized there was an opportunity to go into their perspective in a deeper way to make us identify with the characters uh, in a stronger way and in a way, you know, to help the audience feel what they're feeling and um, turn it into an immersive experience where the audience actually becomes a part of the story. Um, So, so really, I think that was one of the prime drivers for our work on it. And then of course, another whole uh, big challenge in the sound design was creating the sound of the of these alien monsters.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so, Eric, maybe you want to continue with the thought.
2: Yeah. Yeah. The, well, the, so the, you know, as you know, the premise of the movie is that um, this family has to be incredibly quiet um, to the point where they have learned sign language, where they pour sand on uh, on the trails around their farm So they won't be stepping on crunching twigs and leaves and make a sound. They've paint, painted floorboards that are safe to step on and won't creak, um, all because there are these creatures with hypersensitive hearing. Um, and uh, you know the creatures are essentially blind visually, um, but because of that hypersensitive hearing, um, this family has to has had to adapt to a very quiet place. <laughs> um, so, uh, so in creating the creature vocals, we kind of started brainstorming what what are real world analog creatures that um, have hypersensitive hearing and navigate through the world using their hearing and. Animals like um, bats came to mind, which use echolocation and their hearing to through sound three-dimensional world that they can uh, perceive. And similarly, dolphins use sonar and beluga whales. And the first sounds we started using were actually dolphins and whales. Um, and, but something felt a little too relatable. We did want these alien other sounds that could make the kind of clicks that we associate with echolocation. And after a lot of experimentation um, uh, over... I'd say, months, <laughs> um, we stumbled upon um, a electrical device we have, a stun gun, which emits these little crackling zaps. And um, to record it, we used um, a grape, uh, because they're essentially kind of like human skin. You know, they have a little thin skin on them and then a wet, fleshy interior that co- conducts the electricity. So it's those zapping sounds from the stun gun um, slowed down that are a big part of the palette of sounds for um, for these alien creatures. That's amazing. Um, add, Go ahead. Uh, yeah, and I would add, I mean, this might seem obvious to some, but maybe not to others, That you know, sound um, is a really powerful tool for creating a visceral emotion. Yes. And in some ways, more subliminally than the image, um, you know, the... Amazing picture editor, Walter Murch, a legend, kind of described it as images come in through the front door, but sound comes in through the back door and uh, can kind of work on that reptilian part of the brain, you know, the medulla oblongata, (laughs) and create really kind of powerful, visceral emotions. So, you know, that that was one of our most important kind of philosophies with this film, was to find ways to manipulate the audience using sound. And as Ethan mentioned, you know, put the audience in the shoes of these characters um, to the point where, you know, we're getting great feedback from audiences where they'd be holding their breath during the movie, afraid to eat popcorn and make a noise Mm -hmm. (laughs) because they would get hunted by the rest of the audience, you know? (laughs) So it was pretty incredible to hear that, you know, we we were able to make um, the audience an active participant in this
1: story. You know, that is interesting that you say that. I think we all did. We we were all holding our breath while we were watching this movie and didn't want to make a sound while we were doing it. What was it like working with John Krasinski? Because this is the first movie that he's directed and, of course, his beautiful, lovely wife that's the love of his life, uh, Emily Blunt. What was it like working with both of them? Well,
0: John was, you know, an amazing collaborator and, you know, he he really um, was constantly pushing us to to push the to push the boundaries of 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 sort of what was possible and to experiment. Um, And that's the type of (laughs) that's the type of direction we like we love to get. Uh, you know, because, because in our work, naturally, Eric and I are always sort of um, challenging each other um, to, you know, what can we do that's going to surprise us? Uh, that's sort of, the, that's sort of the, the holy grail moment to moment is we always want to be doing something that feels fresh and that, you know, can take our breath away in a, in a surprising way. And working with John was, you know, very much sort of an extension of of that uh, philosophy that that Eric and I have in our own working relationship, which is, you know, there aren't any rules here. Um, let's just let's just explore and see where we can where we can take this and and see, you know, what this story can become because. You know, um, in every film, but especially in this film, sound—you know—is an incredible tool for opening up the story and opening up the world to be, you know, to become something that wasn't necessarily there before we start doing our work. And John was all about, you know, um, exploring what was possible with us and and pushing us constantly to to see how it could be better, how it could be scarier, how it could be more enveloping and more intimate.
1: So he had a lot of his own um, thoughts about how he felt the sound should be in this film, or did he let you... Well, it sounds like he, he had his own ideas. He didn't just let you go decide how you wanted to do it, or is it a combination of both?
0: Eric. I would say it's a, it was a combination. There was a lot of there was a lot of brainstorming that that took place early on, and then um, out of the brainstorming, Eric and I went away and started working with the rest of our team, and then we were able to play sequences for John, and that was sort of initial, you know, launch pad for further discussions, further brainstorming that could, you know. Uh, just deepen the collaboration.
2: Eric is so I would add that Go ahead. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Yeah, I was just going to add that um, even even before we started collaborating with John, he he was thinking about sound to the point where on set he was enforcing a quiet policy. <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> to get to get the to get the cast to to be thinking about how what this experience is actually going to be like and put them in character. Um, you know, sets can be really noisy places with construction crew banging and art department doing their thing and. Um, he had everybody work in whispers. And, and, of course, you know, for him it was non-negotiable casting uh, a deaf actress, Millicent Simmons, mm-hmm. as the as, as deaf daughter. Um, and she taught the cast sign language. Um, so uh, just from even before we began, John was really thinking about sound, and of course, the film would not have been as good as it as it is um, without this incredible cast. You know, um, nice. Emily, Emily too. Just her, the performances um, are so moving and so genuine, um, and. Really makes you know us while we're working on it, and and the audience you know care about these characters because without that you don't really have a movie, right?
1: So, right, you don't, yeah. you really don't. If you're just tuning in, you are listening to the Jam Price Show, all about movies, and my guest today are uh, Oscar-nominated Eric. Eric Adol, and Oscar-winning Ethan van der Rijn, who were sound designers on many, many movies, but we're talking about A Quiet Place today. Um, Yes, the emotional impact of this film, I mean, that's what I said, it made me cry, you know, I I just, it was so touching, Uh, and Emily's performance, obviously, well, all of them, they were all absolutely wonderful, but the scene in the bathtub, obviously, is the one that stands out for almost everybody when you, when you talk about it, about when she's actually giving birth and has to be quiet. That's not something you want to be quiet going through. Um, So can you talk a little bit about that particular scene and and what you had to do during that?
2: Yeah, Eric, you want to take this? Uh, okay. Yeah. And it, to me, that's like one of the scariest scenes from film history. Yes, it is. It is. So you know, and the whole film has been kind of building tension and setting up the pregnancy, and there's that that stretch of I think 15 minutes leading up to the birth that is just a nail biter. And so you know, one of the things um, the Techniques we used in the film was um, the sound was using contrast. So that film culminates in this big epic dream. <laughs> and, and of course, the family, you know, is prepared for this moment. They have planned a sound diversion. So the son, Noah Jupe's character runs out and lights um, fireworks that can basically mask the sound of the birth and lure the creatures away from where the birth is happening Um, and uh, that took a lot of playing around, both in the picture edit and how we were placing sounds. Um, All the way to the final mix, we were still tweaking and massaging how that Rubik's Cube of sound all fit together. Um, You know, Emily's character, Evelyn, is in the bathtub and we see and hear the creature coming up the stairs towards the bathroom and we're intercutting with um, uh, the son who's planting the the sonic... Uh, diversion and it's just down to seconds where boom the firework goes off screech the creatures pulled away and boom evelyn is able to scream and give birth um so that's kind of this sonic peak of the movie where we get really big um but but it's only effective because we've come out of quiet and it's that contrast um, that I think makes makes it effective. You know, one metaphor we often use is um, uh, kind of co- uh, comparing sound contrast to visual contrast. The, the best paintings, the best cinema has negative space. There'll be darkness with a shaft of light, like the way Rembrandt paints. Um, and and sound is a similar way. A, a sound doesn't really have any power unless there's negative space around it. So that whole birth sequence was um, kind of an exercise in using contrast in, in our sound.
1: Very fascinating. Very fascinating. How do you... you know, when you're When you're... Creating the sound for a movie. Are you doing... I, I, I talked to uh, numerous editors, and they're editing, you know, as the movie's being filmed. Um, do you do the same thing? Are you creating the sound as uh, with an editor and uh, with the director uh, all in real time? Or do you wait until the movie's completed and then you uh, edit the sound?
0: You know, it's different on every project. Um, there's... Some projects that we do where we actually put together some of the sound uh, for the movie before anything's even been shot. Uh, There's, you know, in a lot of big visual effects movies these days, um, there's something that happens in pre-production, which is um, basically a high-tech sort of story. Boarding, which is previs vis or pre-visualization. Pre-visual, pre-vi- and sometimes um, some of these sequences can be, you know, um, pretty elaborate, you know, 10, 15, 20-minute sequences. And what we will sometimes do is get these sequences, and this is, you know, well before anything has been shot, and we'll do create sort of an early sound design pass for these sequences. And there's been some movies that we've done where what we've done, you know, on these early previous sequences, has sort of carried through, you know, through the movie being shot. It's something that directors can play, you know, on set to actors, so they have a sense of what the scene is going to end up um, looking and sounding like. And right, you know, all the way through after the film is being shot, we'll we'll incorporate this early work into the into the soundtrack as it comes together. And then right through the final mix, there's been um, certain movies where some of this early work that we did ends up uh, remaining very much intact in the in the final movie. So that's that's one extreme on the spectrum in terms of early involvement of the sound design. And then it runs the gamut all the way to certain films where we'll jump in after everything's been shot, and sometimes after there's a first assembly of the film put together, and at that point we'll really dive into the, the sound editing and the sound design. And so it's everything in between those those two extremes, and it really just depends on the needs of the project.
2: And certainly for A Quiet Place, um, we were working in tandem with Chris Tellefson, um, who is doing the picture editing in New York, and we're based in Los Angeles. But every single day, we be um, sending our sound for him to put into the Avid and be able to cut with. Because, you know, in this film, um, sound design is such a critical part of the storytelling. So the picture at a certain point needed to evolve with the sound. And, you know, he made a number of picture adjustments based upon the sound. Um, like the cornfield scene was very much affected by our, our sound design, where Millicent um, Millicent of character Regan, the deaf daughter, um, is uh, in the cornfield and has a close encounter with the alien creature, um, which she can't hear and she can't see because it's behind her and it can't see her, but it opens. That whole scene was kind of a complicated sound scene, too, because we were trying to plant the idea that her cochlear implant, her hearing aid, had some sort of electrical interference with the creature. So we're both bouncing between the sound point of views of Regan um, and her deafness. And how she perceives sound and we're bouncing to the creature who um has hyperacute hearing and and uh and then also telling the story of the interference with the cochlear implant. So the the sound kind of created the structure of that scene and and also forced some um visual effect tweaks as well. We wanted to linger longer on the creature's ears when they were closed so we could hear the audience perspective of the cornfield and then have time for its ears to fillet open and then go into to it's hyper perception of the cornfield, which is all of the beds of um, crickets and insects um, in a super heightened way, and then in the same shot, um, twist into the sonic interference with the hearing aid. Um, so uh, you know, sound and sound and picture really had to be tightly knit it and um, make that alchemy.
1: Well, thank you both for being on the show. This has been absolutely fascinating. Thank you, Eric and Ethan. I really appreciate you being here today. And look, you're welcome. And and I hope I hear your names announced uh, on Tuesday for an Oscar uh, for A Quiet Place. Go to The Jan Price Show on Facebook to learn more about upcoming shows, and while you're there, like my page. And to listen to the Price Movie Minute movie reviews and to listen to archive shows that you may have missed, go to thejampriceshow.com.
0: On Power Talk AM 1460 and FM 101.1, streaming worldwide on iHeartRadio, Jan Price talks to the movers and shakers in the film business. The Jan Price Show.
1: The Ozio Theater in downtown Monterey is now open every day, showing independent and foreign films. The Ozio Theater has new concession offerings, including beer, wine, hard cider, and their homemade Lush Slush. You can now schedule private event screenings for community charity events, birthdays, anniversaries, or just a fun gathering of friends. For more information, visit the Ozio Theater online at oziotheater.com.